Hello and well, I got it wrong. Two words in. What well, two two words in? Fuck. Two words in, and the second word was wrong. <laughs> you know what? I'm not editing that out. I'm going to keep that in to show the charlatan that I am. <laughs> Hello there, and welcome to Trope on a Rope, the podcast where we take a look at the common movie tropes that have come to define cinema. Here we discuss, dissect, contrast, and compare which tropes are raised up the flagpole for all to salute and which are hoisted by their own petard. Right now, we are looking at pre Marvel Marvels. Marvels that existed in the before times, before the MCU dominated cinema, and once a year we got into a debate as to whether they count as cinema anyway. Back in the 90s and early 2000s, when the world was naive and truly believed that a hero could save us because that bloke from Nickelback promised us so. Over the next few weeks, we'll look at pre-MCU movies, The Punisher, Blade, and the troublesome fan stick to see how the superhero movie found its feet before it hit the factory floor. I'm joined on this quest by Mr. Colin Gerrard. How are you, Colin? Pretty fantastic. Shall we dive right into it then? Probably the best way. So this week we looked at the Punisher. I can never remember the name of the, the the lead actor. Thomas Jane. An easy name to remember. It is. He's got two first names and one of them's a girl's name. I don't know what else he's in. I know I've seen him in other stuff. He does look like generic American actor number four though. He's in Deep Blue Sea. Is he in Deep He's the he's the dad from The Mist. Oh. I don't remember the movie. Do you not remember The Mist? Is Deep Blue Sea the, the one with the sharks swim backwards, is it? Is it the one with the sharks swim backwards? I can't <laughs> remember. There's only there's only two sections of Deep Blue Sea that I remember. It's the bit where Samuel L. Jackson gives that big rousing speech while standing in front of a moon pool, and then at the end of the speech, a shark jumps out of the moon oh, pool. Oh, yeah. Grabs I remember that. It's not the kind of thing you expect to happen to Samuel L. Jackson, is it? There's the bit with uh, uh, LL Cool J, who I believe is the cook or something in that film. Um, and he's he's walking through like waist high water down a corridor going, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for I have a big stick. Right. I don't remember that part. Does it have the backwards swimming sharks? I don't know if it has the backwards swimming sharks. That is in a movie, I'm sure of it. Uh um, what else is what else is old Thomas Jane being in? He's in the Expanse. Oh, that's what I recognise him from. But I've only seen the first uh, first series though. It was really good though. So have I. I've only seen the first series. Oh, he was in Dreamcatcher. Bloody hell! You seen that? Oh, it is terrible. It's like a Stephen King film, but it is really, 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 really awful. Oh dear. Um. Anyway, shall shall we shall we punish the Punisher? Yeah, I don't think he deserves only only a, th- a fine whipping there. I don't think it was that bad. The Punisher. I have written an actual bl- uh, blurb for this one. Um, the Punisher follows the story of Thomas Jane's titular Punisher, a man on a mission, a mission of revenge, hell sent upon his enemies, a man of skill, a man of singular focus, a man who spends a lot of this film mostly drunk and or hangover. He kills a lot of people to be sure, but he won't be sure when he wakes up in the morning with a hangover and his clothes smelling of gun smoke. Ah, oh, so, Punisher, overall, how did you find this? Um, it was watchable. Like, uh, I, I found parts of it quite quite entertaining. I quite liked uh, John Travolta in it as well. I sometimes don't yeah. like him. But he, was, he wasn't 
He was a bad guy this time. He wasn't like a lovable rogue. He was he was a bit of a dick. Uh, I did I did like the way they fuck with John Travolta as well. That was clever. But some of it, some parts of it was just way too slapstick and just like almost like I don't know if they were trying to make it a comedy, like half comedy, half action. But if, I couldn't decide. We'll get to that later. I find that this film, I I generally like this film. I think it's gotten better with age. It wasn't well received when it first came out. Um, I've got I've got the old IMDb. It got generally negative reviews when it first came out. Um, it's Rotten Tomatoes is twenty nine percent. IMDb a little bit better, six point four. Yeah, I'd be leaning towards I'd be leaning towards the uh, the higher end of the scale. Not that maybe maybe sixty five seventy seventy percent maybe. Yeah, I I don't I I don't I I in fact I pre- I really like this. <laughs> Almost feels like a guilty pleasure. I think that there's this film definitely has problems. It like like you said tonally, it's a bit all over the place because um, one moment there's really 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 brutal kills in this, and then it's comedy five seconds later. Yeah, and he's just like, huh? Sometimes it's really clever in the things it does, and then it just does some really fucking stupid stuff. And suddenly, you're like, what are you? <laughs> what, what are you? Why do I love you so? So the film opens, dockside, middle of the night. It's a what is it? It's a it's a, it's an arms deal. Yeah, arms deal in the middle of the night. Suspiciously, not many dock workers around. I think there's like three people there, and then two two guys turn up. And really horrible accent. And we see our hero, Mr. Thomas Jane as the Punisher, in a white suit, what I believe are flip flops. And like a, a, and, a mop a blonde and wig. Yes. And is that a South African accent? He was trying to do a South African accent, I, I think. It was it was bloody great. Absolutely brilliant. Are you trying to do one there? No. All right, okay, your voice went weird. I know. I've tried a South African accent before. I know I can't do it. So it's a, it's, it's. He's there. He's standing on top of a container as well, right? Yeah, I believe he's he's like lowered down on a container. He's standing on top of a container, holding onto the chains, and then the container hits the floor, and then he just kind of walks around the back of it. Like, how did you get down from there? That's pretty high. It's got a little staircase in the back. He just walks around the back of it like it's cool as shit. It is flip flops on gravel. Flips flops on gravel. Um, yeah, uncomfortable as crap. So yeah, it turns out it's a bust. So the person who gets shot is John Travolta's kid. Who, to be fair, it's his fault because he pulled a gun out. Yeah, he pulled he pulled a gun out of the fucking quantum realm. He just pulls it out, waves it around in front of a bunch of police officers, and then gets shot. Not by the police officers, I believe he gets shot by the two crew members. Behind. Well, just randomly carrying guns. Maybe they're part of the arms deal as well. That's why they were there, I suppose. But yeah, no, five hundred police officers then shoot this kid into the netherworld. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's no surgery that's going to bring him back at the. Thought the house isn't going to help this time. Well, he he gets shot less than I believe Thomas Jane does later. Oh fuck, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he does get shot a lot, doesn't he? This this bus turns out to be his last job before retirement. He retires and he goes to his to his wife and kids, and he says, "He probably is this the last one?" You said that the, the last time, and he says, "Yes, it is." Which that's a trope of these kind of movies, isn't it? <laughs> Every time I get out, you just can't pull me back in. 
That's a gangster movie, yeah. You can see very, very clearly that he's extremely in love with his wife and his beautiful, intelligent son who's perfect in every way. But he has like a kissy scene with her and she's like, oh, is it over? And he's like, yeah, it's over. And I'm like, I'm looking at the clock going, it's 20 minutes into this. I doubt it's <laughs> over. <laughs> they always get me with that. I'm like, I turn the TV off. Got to John Travolta. John Travolta and his family are mourning over the loss of their kid. John Travolta's acting style when he's when he plays bad guys always seems to be like he's holding in a fart. Yeah. I think, I think uh, like, the fart is obviously his fury. Because I don't get pretty angry about farts, too. Like, he's always, like, quiet quiet and reserved, clenched cheeks, um, and then explodes. Because he, he did the same thing. In- swordfish? Yes, swordfish. I was thinking um, face off. It was a little bit different because he was, uh, he was a cop in that one. And he was... He- I can't remember the movie well enough to... No, he's the bad guy for the most of that movie. Oh, yeah, because he switches faces. John DeVoe doesn't do Sinister very well, but he does do a, clearly a scary person who's just on the... On the uh, what's it called? Head trip wire away from, from just exploding in fury. It always looks like he's containing his anger. It sounds like he... It always looks like he's containing his farts. Yeah. The way he holds his head, he doesn't really... You know when people... People, when you're holding in like a shit or something, and you, your head and neck become very stiff, and then they don't move, like you have to move your entire body to talk to the person next. To you. He does that. <laughs> he does do that, doesn't he? <laughs> like his suit's a little bit too tight for him. Anyway, he puts out a hit on. Um, I'm just going to call him Thomas Jane. I know his character's name, but I'm not going to refer to him as it. They put a hit out on him for revenge for the death of their son, and they've got one left. They've got a spare, but it's his wife. It's his wife that says, "Kill them all." Yeah, he does like his wife quite a lot. Their marriages are weird. Like, they... <laughs> <laughs> it's just a weird relationship. Yeah, they're never in the room together, in any room together, at any point of any day, for more than two seconds, where she's saying, it's Thursday, I have to go out dancing or some shit, and then they kiss one on the lips and then she leaves. And then you hear her referred to a few times, and then a little bit later she turns up and goes, it's Thursday, I've got to go out for the bowling tournament. It's like they do, they have fallen into like a routine and they just like leave the live these separate lives. Because even when they are together, like the, the only like extended scene where they're together is one, when he puts out the hit, yeah, and two, when when he hits, puts out a different hit. He tells Quentin to dance with his wife at a, like a fundraiser or something towards the beginning, like he tells her, him to go do it, and then he's just watching them like fuckers are dancing yeah you told him to do that you just trying to cut cause an argument aren't you this is why you don't spend any time in rooms together anymore you're just trying to stir the pot but he's rich so it's all right but he's got a lot on his plate he? but his wife his wife sometimes i feel sorry for what happens to his wife in this i feel but then if, if you remember her in the car going no kill them all yeah fucker her son just died well, well, okay. Well, let's get into the massacre then, because that's what happens next. She doesn't. She doesn't understand what. Like, she she's just saying like, yes, kill the fuckers, but she doesn't understand like actually that's exactly what's going to happen. Well, maybe she does. I mean, they do say, oh, he's in a family re- reunion on this island or whatever. So um, she does know, she does know that the family's there. I forgot about that. But maybe she doesn't realize how many people exactly that is, because there's like fifty people at this thing. Yeah. It's a really beautiful party as well. Everyone seems really happy. They all seem to have really nice lives. Every one of them beautiful souls. There's his immediate family. He's got the kid. He's got Samantha Mathis. He's got his dad, who is uh, Roy Schneider. I don't know who that is. Uh, from Jaws. Dude from Jaws. Oh, really? 
Huh, that's why the main guy. Yeah, probably. I've never seen Jaws. You've never seen Jaws? How <laughs> <laughs> the fuck do you know? <laughs> I've seen the movie. I can't remember his fucking name. Anyway, carry on. There's there's a, there's a group of films, core films that like everyone's seen that I haven't seen, and that my sister fucking hates me for not having seen them. They include Jaws, Blade Runner, which I've got but I've not watched, and and ET. I've never seen ET. Um, um, I have now though. My my sister made me go to the cinema when they were showing it here. <laughs> uh, Easter, they used to come on at Christmas or something, or Easter or something. So I've seen it, but yeah, it's, I, I never really liked ET though. Everyone seems to think go on about how amazing it is. It's, Crap. Yeah, I felt nothing. My sister always cries whenever people fly in films for some reason. Did you like Superman? Superman, the snowman, and <laughs> ET, only the bits where they fly. Anyway. Okay, sorry. Um, so, uh, <laughs> uh, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah, the massacre. Oh, yeah, people dying. Yeah, so there's like 50 people at this thing, um, including his dad, Roy Schneider, Samantha Massis, his kid, a bunch of other people, Aunt Helen. Cousin, cousin Susie, all of those people. Um, Dave, Dave. None of the bad guys go. Are we? Are we killing all of these people? Because they, maybe they don't understand how many people that are here. When they say kill all of his family, do they mean all of it? Like it's fifty people. This is seven generations, guys. Seven generations. Are we, are we sure? Because there's like there's there's men, women, kids, old people. There's a barbecue. This place looks nice as well. It'd be a shame to shoot it up. Like no one questions the order of do you just want to call the boss and just tell him like there's fifty people here? Do you just want us to get like the main the main family or just are we killing aunties? <laughs> well just think of the logistics boss, save you money and bullets. The massacre is just I mean it's a good scene. It's a great scene in the film, but it just seems a bit overkill. Yeah. But I think that's kind of the point. There has to you have to really show why the Punisher is so angry. Yeah, I suppose so, but yeah. Apart from his core family, like his wife, his kid, maybe his dad, he doesn't remember anyone else. Yeah. He laments over photos later of his wife and kids, and he has, like, I think the voice of his dad in his head. But I never put, he's not executing goon number three going, This is for Aunt Helen. <laughs> every kill, every kill, he should have mentioned the name of one this of the. This is my little Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is this is for my me- nephew Marcus. He just passed his driving test. <laughs> it would have been late if he didn't didn't pass the test. He'd still be alive. <laughs> I bought him those tests. Sorry. Uh, apart from the massacre, so the the only people who do escape from this thing is his immediate family. Who are so they really fucked up pretty badly? Eh? They really fucked that up. Um, they got everyone else except <laughs> three people. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is dead. Even people walking down the road just minding their own business. I mean, the wife, the wife and kids. So they, um, they, they go and they, um, they take one of the trucks, which has a trailer on it, and they escape. Yeah. But they get chased down. They crash. They get run over on a pier. Why would you go for the pier? Hey, let's run to a dead end. Right. The Prometheus school of running away from things, running away from things in a straight line instead of dodging to the side. Right. One, it's a pier. Right. So. Jump in the water. Yeah, jump in the water. Just jump to the side. Go over the side. One, you've limited yourself by running down something which is just a straight street anyway. And then you didn't think, I'll jump to the side. Because maybe, yeah, they'd have to stop and look over the side and shoot into the water and shit. But you can probably hide a little bit down there. Yeah, I mean, if you got to the end, 
you'd still have to fucking jump in the water. This is true. So just jump in the water. Yeah, that would that would that would have been a, a logical choice. But yeah, they probably would have. No, because like they've done that MythBusters thing, right? Where you swim underwater, and uh, if you if you're a meter underwater, then the bullets won't penetrate enough to kill you. So yeah, could, I think it's less than that, isn't it? They should just jump in the water, and swam away underwater. But no. Um, yeah, no, so they're dead in the middle of the um, thing. But Thomas Jane, he runs after them, p- cradles them in his arms, screams to the sky. Probably, I can't remember, but I'm just assuming of half memory that he screams no to the sky or something. <laughs> I remember it that way too, but I'm not sure if it happens. But I was there watching it go, where did the van go? Where did the truck that run them over go? Because it's a pier, where, where's the end of this? <laughs> like a 95-point turn. And it comes back and he shoots, he shoots the driver, which turns out to be the other son, but doesn't kill the other son. And it crashes. And they come out. And they kill him like six times. I, I can't. I actually really can't remember his death scene at all. I know that he gets blown up at the end and he goes flying off the pier. That's the only bit I actually remember. They beat. They shoot him in his legs. I think. Yeah. They beat the living shit out of him. Right. They shoot him a couple more times, point blank, and then blow up the pier in his face. Yeah. And then he goes flying off into the water. He goes flying off into the water, and then he gets picked up by that dude that they briefly mentioned earlier. There's a scene. They're, they're walking on the beach. Oh, look at this paradise. This is a good thing that we're so far away from that that bad world that that used to be a part of. Oh, we're super safe here. Oh, look at that. Look at that one guy over there that we're introducing and pointing out for no good reason whatsoever. Hello, that one guy. He's a nice guy, that one guy. And then later, that one guy is the one that picks him out of the water. Okay. <laughs> and then you know that time has passed because it, that one guy brings him back to the shoreline but he's got a beard. Yeah. And, Passage yeah. of time beard. Or just stress induced. His plan. He goes back into the city and pretty much does nothing. for a well, long he, gets while. Drunk. He, goes, he gets drunk. He goes to a shitty apartment block and a large part of the film takes place in this apartment block with these guys. Misfits. That I, lovable these, misfits. This, these lovable misfits who are misfit into this film and I don't know why we spent so long there. There was actually, I put, I've actually got a note written down here or something I wanted to mention about them. I'll, make sure I save it to, I'll save it to the bit where he gets tortured. So this, at this point, this is where uh, John Travolta is getting a bit pissed off, right? Because uh, he, he finds out he's alive. How does he find out he's, he's alive? He goes on the news. Did he? Yeah, no. He confronts the mayor and his, uh, the mayor or the police commissioner. Someone's given a speech on steps. Oh, yeah. Like, and then he's, he's just standing there and all the police, all the camera crew go, oh, my God, Castle. My, 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 my Castle. And that's why all his neighbours know who he is as well. Okay, because yeah, yeah, like, they're going to just dismiss the case and no one's going to get punished for it. You can bring up your torture thing now, if you want. So yeah, he's, uh, Travolta sent off over a load of assassins, um, which Castle, uh, whatever the fuck his name is, keeps uh, managing to avoid and kill. And then uh, he's he gets bit badly injured and he's hiding in an elevator shaft. And his new friends, who he's known for about all of 25 minutes, um, one of them gets tortured by getting the uh, rings and stuff pulled out. But because... They're so close and amazing, and you know they really love Frank Castle because he did that one thing once, which was one time just before their fucking wall was exploded and their entire apartment was destroyed in a fight while they watched him murder a person right before their eyes, and then leave that body on the and then leave the body on the floor, and then he's getting tortured, and but he won't give up the location of a uh, of uh, old Punisher because, and this is a quote, because we're family. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they got thick as thieves fucking quick, didn't they? <laughs> like these people, these are love at first sight motherfuckers. <laughs> even, the, even the woman literally falls in love with her with him. Who is that woman is Rebecca Romaine. Yeah, she can do better. From 
She can't do better. She can get that guy from Stand By Me. Exactly. Not that <laughs> destroys your apartment and murders people right before your eyes. No, so yeah, we, after, after he doesn't give up the name, the uh, Don Travolta's uh, buddy... Um, Will the, Patton. The, Quentin. Quentin Glass is his character name. Yeah, Quentin uh, Glass. Yeah. He, uh, he, he, he doesn't get an answer. He's very certain at the beginning of the torture that he definitely knows where he is because he definitely was in the building like definitely five minutes ago where he definitely killed someone and the body is still definitely on the floor right there. So he's definitely in the building. But after a bit of torture, <laughs> he just really gives it up really quickly. He just walks away and goes, well, I mean, if he, if he knew the answer, he would, he would have definitely told us. That's a, you're a very good torturer. Yeah, they gave up. He gave he does give up really quickly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He pulls out the um, was that two two rings? The uh, he pulls all of them out, I think. Okay, then there's one, two, three, four, five, six. Like, this guy who they describe, even his friends describe as the guy with the shit on his face. Um, <laughs> you're right, they do fall for, for Frank Castle. Like, don't get me wrong, Thomas Jane is lovable, but not that lovable. As the heavy drinking rogue with loads of guns who lives next door, who keeps getting into a fight with um, comically dressed Russians, literally smashes through your apartment's wall. Um, yeah, they do. They do go to bat for him a little bit quickly. And there is one one last thing. After he does finally come out, and the, the weird family line comes out, he's all bleeding from the face and looking cowy. So Frank Frank Castle shows his true heart by going take him to the hospital, and then just leaves him out and just wanders off. He doesn't even take him to the hospital to say thanks for being tortured for me. That's it. <laughs> also, why are they just sat in that room waiting for Quentin and the goons to come in? This yeah, is after the fight with the Russians. So there's holes in the walls that lead back to their own apartments. They could have just like scarpered through the holes and, and escaped. Or let's go one further. They could just hide in that lift with the other two. Because there was totally room. Yeah. Why did only those two get in the lift? Also, are not the controls for the lift in the room? Oh, what's this large hatch in the floor? <laughs> I wonder if, perchance, they have escaped this way. Two, why do they just hide in the lift? Does the lift not go anywhere? What is the lift for? Hiding murderers. But um, as much as that, that is, that scene is one of the reasons why I gave it a low score because none of it makes sense at all. But it's also the part <coughs> I did. You know what we should do? We've been doing lots of this gore reaction stuff. That's been pretty fun. I feel like a bit of a change. Let's throw in a really, really fucking stereotypical slapstick, massively muscly Russian guy who can run, literally run through walls and smash sinks on people's faces. And it's fucking hilarious because like Frank, Frank Oswald gets the shit kicked out of him in a, in a hilarious way. I have not seen, I've not seen the comic book. But when people come out dressed like that in these kind of films, I'm like, exactly that's comic book accurate, isn't it? Yeah. For some reason, you've just been like gritty and dark with everything else. But for this one guy, let's put him in a like candy striped. Nice tight show off the muscles with like a flat top. Uh, yeah, we had a blonde flat top. Kevin Nash, that's his name. I did enjoy uh, that fight, though. That was. Uh, that it, whole sequence is fun, even the opera bit next door. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, they're mouthing along to the song. And then you can see him in the window across and like. Uh, yeah. You know, that's the fight, and then they move out of the way just as he turns and looks through the window. Oh, we just missed it. Yes, yes. Oh, God. I hate and love it at the same time. I don't know why. The whole thing's really slapstick. It just all of a sudden turns into a slapstick comedy for about five minutes. Yeah, and they do that uh, before. I think before that, they do the dinner, the awkward dinner scene. Yeah, because they, they're trying to, they, they really want to be friends with him, so they make dinner for him, and then she wants to obviously fuck him. This is a really long sequence in this film. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, you're you're right about the tonal thing in this film because it's like an action film. It's really violent, and then for some reason, it's got a sitcom in the middle. 
<laughs> Don't get me wrong, I, I, I liked it. It's just, uh, it just, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird as shit. <laughs> all, um, the, all, yeah, of sudden, no. all of a sudden, the bad guys become the most incompetent fucking idiots ever. Where is he? Don't know. Fair enough. Oh, I'll get to the bad guys in a minute. I've got something to say about that. Um, she says that she like picks the. W- I always pick the worst guys. Well, you've managed to pick <laughs> the guy in your building who has the most guns <laughs> and the most skills. Oh, you stupid idiot! <sighs> I, 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 my my, th- my thumb hurts, so I, I've got I've got some deep deep freeze like muscle gel, but I've just rubbed it into my hands like it's hand gel. Like disinfectant, like COVID shit, and so that's complete. So, I've got minty hands for no reason. Okay, fair enough. Uh, the, the the Russian guy. There's another assassin as well, though. There's the music oh, there's guy. Oh, yeah, the guitar guy. The El El Mariachi, right? <laughs> Continuing with the sitcom thing, there's a diner scene <laughs> where they're all sat at the diner that she works at, and then he yeah. walks in, starts playing a guitar. He walks in, like very cool, puts the guitar case down, sits the table, clearly looking at. Jane in a murderous way the entire time. And then continue, Jeff. He sings a song basically about killing you <laughs> and then says, yeah, I'm going to sing that at your funeral. Beat you around. And then he sees him like five seconds later, possibly on the way home from said diner. Tries to run him off the road. His car, by the way, that he spends ages trying to build doesn't last very long. No. It does put up with a bit of gunfire. He jumps over one little ramp and basically destroys the entire chassis. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it was a good kill though. Yeah, that was quite good. Like you got that little dart thing, right? Yeah, I can't remember. What's he firing from? It's like, it looks like, I don't know, it looked like he was holding a pen or something. They never really show you that. Um, the only other thing that what he's done in, in, the, um, in the sitcom section um, is when he's um, torturing the guy from Oceans, the Oceans films, where he's got him chained upside down oh, yeah. with a blowtorch. Is that bit yeah, the way that you said that was like, well, yeah, shit. <laughs> I kind of, I, I, it's quite because uh, you don't want him to be an evil, sadistic fuck, but it's quite clever what he chooses to do. It's just me. I don't it's think I, I don't think I'd fall for that. I'd be like, where's the smell of burning flesh? We had the steak. Oh, I forgot about that. Right, let's get into the meat of this. What the plan? The plan and what it was. <laughs> what was the plan? For a lot of this film, he seems to. Um, spin his wheels a little bit it's like in the end all you do is go to the building and kill everyone yeah which is where you should have just gone straight away <laughs> but he spends his time i mean it's it's kind of it's kind of clever but it's kind of like just like an extra thing on the side of setting up this supposed affair between quentin and travolta's wife is what he spends the majority of the film doing it was like it was a clever plan the way they they turn them on each other it's just it, it was yeah, that's all of his plan. That was ninety percent of it. And that, that was just for a little bit of petty revenge. He wanted to make him get, kill his own friend and then kill his own wife. That's just me. <laughs> that's just me. I know they killed like fifty people, but that's yeah, but, just me. He killed. He killed people. He didn't get him Dane to kill his own fucking family. Dane like, <laughs> went a step further than even the bad guy did. That's just fucking sadistic. Made you call your wife. Made you call your best friend. <laughs> Dick. Yeah, because it turns out Quentin is actually gay. Um, <laughs> his wife is going to movie nights. His wife does like the earrings. But yeah, he steals the earrings and puts them in the other uh, other dude's bed. Um, Quentin, I love uh, Will Patton. I love that actor. Um, I, his character name is the only one I remembered. <laughs> other than that, he does the thing of like fucking with his business, um, blowing up shipments, and then there's those two cartel guys who keep coming around. 
even that's a bit petty because you just you just want to kill him. That's what you want to do, right? If he's dead, he's not. Who gives a fuck about his business? The business will be gone. But he is a cop as well, so he probably wants to stop drugs and stuff on the streets. But, um, but yeah, at the end, uh, Travolta, Travolta, after all of this stress, and he lo- loses his right hand man and his wife, and his business has been fucked, and Thomas, he knows Thomas Jane is after him, and he's on the way. So what does he do? He hires a group of guys who then proceed to just stay in one room. <laughs> and he puts them in the building where Jane knows where the building is. Yeah, the building which is supposed to be a nightclub but looks like an office building. Yeah. Yeah, no, he says, right, this is, he opens like a big suitcase full of cash and says, right, this is first person, the first person who gets his he- head gets the money. Uh, you all get something for being here, but you, but, um, you get extra for the first person who kills him. And they're all like, yeah! But they're not very proactive about it because they don't leave the room. No. Because the rumor has, to be fair on them, campaign and nibbles. So you, you, you would stick around, wouldn't you? Well, why else would there be champagne and nipples there? Unless they yeah, were meant they to don't want them to. It would be rude not to eat them and drink them. Exactly. Do you want to be rude so, to fucking John Travolta's character? That guy's scary. Is it their fault for not going out and finding Thomas Jane? Or is it John Travolta's fault for putting a buffet on? I think there's a little bit of blame you can throw in all directions. But I think mostly I blame the ineptitude of the assassins. Because there was loads of them and there was only one building. But yeah, the kill, I like how he kills the other son. That's quite funny. I can't remember how he did it. Traps one arm under a bookcase and then puts a grenade in the other hand attached to it. Makes him um, Yeah. That kid, can, that kid can scream no really loud because he hears it from the <laughs> car park outside. That was a mean kill as well. The way he did that. He had to like, really fuck with that kid. That kid actually hadn't done anything to him. He'd, in fact, he'd shot that kid once. Oh, no, no, he was driving the car, wasn't he? He was driving the car. He had totally done stuff. <laughs> I tell you what, Quentin's death, just to rewind a bit, Quentin's death, when John Travolta kills him, that's a sad bit. Yeah, I felt a bit sorry. Like, why, just, why are you killing me? Why are you killing me? Why? And like, he's just being honest. I haven't done anything. I, this is a joke, right? I don't, I don't, not finding it very funny. Stab, stab, stab. What, what the fuck? This isn't a joke? Yeah, that's just that line. It's kind of brutal. Why are you killing me? That's a fuck thing to say. Um. Yeah, his wife. His wife's death. Yeah, she was a bitch, and it was her fault in the first place. But you know, I do feel a bit bad for her because she was thrown off a bridge, survived, and then hit by a train. At least it was quick. When you do that, are you looking? When because this happens a lot in films. When you throw someone onto a train track, are you looking at the schedule beforehand? <laughs> the train schedule. You must do. Because if if you throw them over the edge, they hit the tracks, but they survive. Because it's not a far drop. It's like what two stories or so. Two or three stories, which you know will fuck you up, but you know you could survive that kind of a fall. If they survive, do you have to go down and then like, shoot them close range? Do you shoot from the bridge at the top, or do you make sure that there's a train coming? At which point you've done your homework and you've done it. And you've looked at the schedule. Yeah, it doesn't seem like the planning ahead type, but it seems a lot more. It was just luck. He doesn't seem like <laughs> the type, but yeah, I'm guessing that if you're going to throw someone off a bridge and into a train track, you'd probably check the train times first. Well, although having said that, it is America, and America's like, trains are a bit more like England's, which means they're never on time anyway. So you might throw them onto the roof of the train, which will take them away to safety. That's the thing about some of these tropes, right? The, the logistics involved to get them, <laughs> to get them there. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Why is an impressive bad guy, Jeff? Quentin's death, a bit sad. His wife's death, a bit sad. Um, but, you know, it's her fault to begin with. The son's death is funny as hell. As is Travolta's, tied to the back of a car. And then set on fire. 
and then set on fire <laughs> because because our guy blows up an entire car park. Oh yeah, artistically, that was a bit cheesy. In in the shape of who's that for? For a start, for the news crews. That fire is going to spread to adjacent cars. Ten minutes afterwards, that's not going to look like that anymore. It was actually quite, kind of a surprise that it looked like that in the first place. I like the fact that it was revealed like an art attack by Neil Buchanan. <laughs> Maybe he was just lucky it happened to make that pattern by mistake. Overall, dude, then, I think that's the end of the film. Um, see, you're mixed, is it? Where, where do you like? If you had to give this a score, a score, oh, what should we score it out of? How many family members killed? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, thing, the thing, this was actually really hard to score, barely, because, like, I get, you, can, you can come at it from one, one perspective and look at it like a like a the movie. If, basically, if this was a, a movie now in the MCU, it would be the worst of the MCU by far, and it would have been shit. Because I don't know about that. I don't know if I agree with that. This one would not fit into that at all. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. That's why I wanted to do these pre Marvel Marvels. Is I'm I want to see if there is a formula for the way that these ones work because there definitely is one for the way MCU movies are made. It's difficult to do that because these are, these are usually one-off movies. Like Spider-Man had three, I think. The ones before MCU had like mm. a series of three max and they had to have a formula that they went by. But the formula is obviously different to the MCU's one, but they definitely yeah. they, have, they have one then. It has it has a very like end of end of nineties, early two thousands grungy feel to it. Uh, and yeah, the the sitcom in the middle does does throw it off a bit. I think that this film was unpopular at the time of release because a the sitcom in the middle is probably the most memorable bit about the film. Yeah, and um, also because um, I don't I don't think anyone really knew who the Punisher was. The Punisher is quite. Uh, I don't know anything about the comic book versions of any of these characters, but um, yeah, the Punisher wasn't on my on my radar. And um, so I think most of, most of the people that enjoy watching like a of the age that like watching the the Marvel movies. I mean, some people know who Punisher is, but not many. So I didn't when it came out. I didn't even know it was a comic book movie. I thought it was just a movie about some kids. I think yeah, no people who don't know the comic book would just watch this film and be like, but why is, this is this is very average. It's very a lot like a lot of other things. It's like Death Wish. It's like Lethal Weapon films. And I think people who do know the character who did know the character and did know the comic books would go into this and were like, this is not what it was supposed to be. Yeah, because yeah, it's not this thing. It's like they took the idea of Punisher and they fit it into the 90s action movie box. It's almost another property. Like maybe if they took the Punisher and Marvel's connection off it, it could have just been another average film. Yeah. I mean, having said that, I didn't really enjoy watching it. I, I, I can't complain that it was entertaining. It was, it was, I actually really enjoyed it. It's good. I mean, there were things about it that pissed me off, but... Actually, less things than most than many of the current MCU movies. I fully agree with you. It's a film that I I really enjoy watching. This film, it's it's fun. It's dumb, and it's silly. And yes, it's got the one thing you always remember from it is the sitcom in the middle. The massive cartoon carried a fucking Russian guy smashing through walls. It's 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 a good it's it's a good film. I do like this film. So I'm going to give it seven. Uh, let's do seven because that's a nice random number. Um, seven. If it's out of seven, I give this five and a half. I give it a five. I was going to go uh, somewhere between four, four and a half and five. It's worth watching. It's not It's not even the first time I've watched it, and it was still enjoyable the second time. So As long as you don't take yourself too seriously when you watch it, you oh, yeah. nothing like the actual <laughs> To be a dick about it, then, yeah, you might not enjoy it. But as long as you don't do that, you just sit down and enjoy a fucking movie, and it's good. So, as mentioned up top, this film didn't do well when it came out. It would, they were they were talking about sequels at the time, but then the sequel turned, out, turned into a reboot with someone else. Um, I can't remember who, um, but it was called Punisher Warzone. 
that came and went and no one cared so it kind of died um when the mcu properly took off the there was a tv show made for netflix which is now on disney plus which is with john bertha um which i don't think is canon anymore it was canon at the time but i don't think it's canon anymore they're redoing it okay but it, um, it was, i was about to say it was more in the style of the mcu movies yeah darker a bit more realistic um yeah and it was set around the time of the battle of new york from the avengers film they're all those ne- old netflix ones like jessica jones and daredevil and um what's this one called punisher yeah, iron fist uh iron fist yeah that one luke cage i don't think they're canon anymore i think they, they, they don't count but tell you what there was a kind of sequel to this really it was a short film done for comic-con um, it's called uh, The Punisher, D- Dirty Laundry. You can find it on YouTube. It's only 10 minutes long. It's a bit racist. <laughs> it's about um, Thomas Jane goes to do his laundry at a laundromat, and then a black street gang attacks uh, a prostitute, rapes her. He doesn't stop it. So she gets she gets raped in an alleyway, um, and then a kid a kid gets beaten up for refusing to run drugs for them. Thomas Jane doesn't intervene. Instead, he crosses the street, goes to a convenience store run by Ron Perlman. They, he goes over to this shop, and then these two white guys look out at the, this black street gang. Describes, they describe them as savages and that the world's gone wrong and that there's no point in get, going after them because there's just more of them that will take their place. It's super racist. And then um, Thomas Jane decides to go out and kill them all. It's a bit crook. But uh, yeah, but yeah. So that's the Punisher. So next time we are looking at. Um, do you want to do Blade or Fan Vorstick? Yeah, it depends. Do you want to go up and then I down, or down and then up again? I prefer to finish on a high, to be honest. All right, Fan Vorstick for <laughs> for next week. That's Fantastic Four. That was oh, let me type in what year was this Fantastic Four? The 2015 version. With Miles Teller and Michael B. Jordan. That's not the Jessica Alba one, is it? That's not the Jessica Alba one, no. All right, with that done, shall we move on to next next bit to finish up? Things that we done did see. Have you have you? I seen have um, <clears throat> yeah, so, like I said, this wasn't isn't going to blow your mind. <clears throat> I've been uh, rewatch rewatching old shows that I used to watch because I yeah. can't find anything to fucking watch. So I just started watching uh, the X Files. And it's really bad. It's just Does it really, not age well? It hasn't aged well at all, no. It's really like it's just it's just really bad. What's what's X Files on? Is that that'll be on Disney Plus, right? Disney Plus, yeah. And I watched the, we watched um Oh The Mandalorian. I've I've watched the first three series, the first first three episodes of the third season of The Mandalorian. I stopped halfway through season two. I don't know why. I just got bored of it. Not against it in any way, but I've heard that like a major plot point happened in Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, apparently, which I didn't know. Um, so like, I don't want to. I don't want to watch that. If, have you got any recommendations, actually? Because I, I, I can't be, I can't be us flicking through it anymore and just seeing Ali McFucking Deal. The only thing, my my only thing for this week is uh, I, I, I think I mentioned it last week as well. Star Trek Picard. Oh fuck yeah! Is that on Netflix? Uh, it is. It is on Amazon Prime here. Do they have Paramount Plus in Japan? Do they have what? Sorry, Prime Paramount Plus. Oh, Paramount Plus. And uh, maybe I don't think so. You might have to look it up. It's on. It's on Amazon Prime in the UK or Paramount Plus in other countries. Um, but um, 
it is the first two the first two seasons of Star Trek Picard were awful. They were barely Star Trek. There was barely it's the character isn't Picard. I um, the first season, sir. Yeah, and the second season was wasn't much better than the first one. It was terrible. But this third one, which is supposedly the last series, is great. It is legit great. Um, is it finished? It feels, no, it's halfway through at the moment. It's week by week. I just said see, uh, episode five was yesterday. It's it's great. It's got some cool, but it's it's got a little bit of nostalgia bait in it, but not too much. Um, oh, I, I, I might be able to find Paramount online. Well, if Paramount Plus doesn't exist in Japan, then it will probably be on another service. Um, I think I think that's it. Anything else, Steve? Nothing that I can think of. What we need to proper end, end these shows um, is um, like social social medias. So you need to tell me like where people can find you. On the internet. If you want to be found, do you want to be found? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can probably find me on um, uh, for gmail.com. That'd be my. <laughs> you don't, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna bleep that out. <laughs> I don't know. How this <laughs> I'm gonna bleep out you giving out your personal email address. <laughs> well, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm on. Oh, I'm on. Um, I'm on Instagram. Colin colin.gerald.92 is that, is that what you want? Not very interesting. I, w- I wouldn't recommend searching for me. You'd be only bitterly disappointed. It's mostly photos of your cooking accomplishments, right? It is, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you can go on a culinary journey with you. Very <laughs> cooking. Uh, and you can find me on... Um... On um, where can you find me? Oh, you can find me on YouTube at the Badger's Apprentice and on Twitter at TBA underscore tweets. But yeah, I think that's it. Right, lazy big bitch. See you. You.